Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we react and review films from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also, well, we take a lot of suggestions from our lovely patrons and our lovely viewers. So as always, I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Henderson. I don't know why my voice went so high then. How are you going, mate? I am doing very well, Dean. We are the last two left in this uh, Battle Royale podcasting. Look at you coming in with low energy. <laughs> I, I, I am doing very well. Thank you. I'm Thank you, well, sir. No, like you mentioned, today is not a top 250 movie. It is a patron requested reaction slash review. And this is where we get some of our patrons to select a movie they would like us to do. And then we put the poll out to all of our patrons. And the winner is the one with the most votes. It makes sense. And for this one, it is won by our awesome patron, Mr. Chris Beardsall, for his pick of Battle Royale. Yeah, Battle Royale. A very interesting pick. I'm very keen to have a look at this film. Yes, it is our first non-English speaking film that we have done a reaction video for. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. If you are interested in checking that out, it may not be up at the same time as this review, but it will be up eventually, which will be at youtube.com slash the movie journey. Or if you're interested in seeing the full length reaction or the audio commentary of this movie, that is over at patreon.com slash the movie journey. And as usual, a massive shout out to our sensational patrons for loving for all the love and support that they give us, Dean. For all the loving. <laughs> We do love the loving. We definitely do. All right, mate. Luckily, we're in different rooms tonight. <laughs> Lucky for you. All right, we're going to go and watch Battle Royale, and we'll come back on the other side of this whoosh with the review. All right, Dean. Battle Royale, released in 2000, directed by Kinji Fukasaku, starring Tatsuya Fujiwara, Akimaira, Takeshi Kitano, Chiaki Kuriyama, Taro Yaramoto, Masanobu Ando, and Ko Shibasaki. Did any of those names ring a bell? Nah, not at all. What about you, Hendo? Uh, of course, we're talking about uh, Chiaki Kuriyama. Who is? Gogo. Okay. You, yeah, that name does not ring a bell <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dean, we got some... Uh, We've got a little bit of a Dean's trivia here. You've gone gone a little bit extra with this one. I I appreciate that, Dean. Have I? I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot more than usual here. Oh, I was I actually I was actually concerned because you know the last one I did this for what was was that Fight Club or Star Wars? And there's just endless amounts of trivia there. I mean, it was Face Off last week. Yeah, okay. I mean, I was pretty close. There's so much trivia, and then I got to this, and I was like, "Ooh, it's a little light." But no, I'm glad that you're happy with the length for one sendo. I mean, maybe it's because. Maybe there's less trivia, but they're longer bits of trivia. Maybe that's why it looks like there's more. I Yeah, I don't think there's much trivia at all. Well, why don't we get into it? Yes, let's do it. Uh, many members of the Japanese parliament. Now, you know that trivia is sparse when the number one trivia thing you're reading is about the <laughs> Japanese parliament. Many members of the Japanese parliament tried to get the novel banned, but to no avail. When the film was released, they attempted to ban it also, obviously. Both efforts resulted in the novel and the film becoming even more successful as people bought the book and went to the movie to see what all the fuss was about. I mean, you can't you can't buy that advertising, Hendo. I mean, it's per- it makes perfect sense. You find out that there's a big, big controversy around all this. It piques your interest. You're like, yeah, okay, well, why is it so... So, anyway, actress Chiaki Kuriyama, who does play Takako Chigusa in the movie, was cast as Gogo Yobori in Kill Bill Volume 1 by Quentin Tarantino since he was a huge fan of this film. Yes, that's right. Uh, the magazine containing bomb-making instructions that is used by Shinji Mimura and his gang, gang, gang of nerds, is titled <laughs> The Ticking Clock. 
This magazine is a real... Wait, what's the Japanese version? Uh, Harahara Takai. Very good. I just thought it would be easier for our listeners who, for the most part, don't speak Japanese to just go with the English version, the ticking clock. Which, I might add, the magazine does actually have the English words, the ticking clock on it. Just put that I bet you it also has the word Harahara Takai in it too. That's not one word, Hendo. This magazine is a real bomb-making magazine published by an anti-Japanese government activist group from the 1970s. Isn't that insane? Wow, that is Pretty crazy. Yeah, I thought so. None of the cast had any stunt doubles. Not even the lead, Tatsuya Fujiwara. What's Is, what's so special about him? Is he was he not good at stunts? Maybe he was really famous. Like not even the famous Tatsuya Fujiwara. No, I, I guess an American remake had been in development since the early two thousands, and producer Roy Lee reportedly obtained the rights in two thousand six. Hmm. However. After the release of The Hunger Games in 2012, Ah, Lee stated the project had been cancelled because audiences would just see it as a copy of Hunger Games. Most of them wouldn't know that Battle Royale came first. It's unfair, but that's a reality. Mate, you spent six years sitting on this thing before Hunger Games came out. No one to blame but yourself. I wonder if he like paid big bucks for this, the rights to do the American version. And then sat on it. Probably not. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Who, who would they cast as the teacher in an American version? In 2006? Yeah, 2006. Harrison Ford. Ooh, that's sharp from you, Hendo. I mean, would he play a bad guy? Probably not, but it'd be good casting. Ah, Tommy Lee Jones, got it. Uh, dressed, as a, dressed as Two-Face. <laughs> no, not dressed as Two-Face. <laughs> Just the bad side of Two-Face. <laughs> he gets the scripts like, you have to play a grumpy old man. He's like, sold. He's like, I thought I was acting in this film. All right. In April 2013, seven years after the film was put on the index for youth endangering media, the film was confiscated by the local court of Fulda Hesse, Germany. This meant that no one in Germany was allowed to sell the movie and all copies were to be confiscated by the police. Cape Light, the German licensee, appealed the ruling, and in October 2013, the court revoked its ruling, and as of February 2017, the movie is no longer confiscated, nor on the index. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's, uh, I think that's uh, a bit much. Contrary to popular belief, this film was never banned in the US. There are, however, several conflicting, if plausible, explanations as to why it wasn't initially released. Okay, so Toei refused to license the movie for North American distribution and rejected offers from several American companies. All right, so that's that's one reason that may have contributed. Yes. Another one, Toei. Who the fuck is Toei, by the way? Is this a producer? Director? Toei, you said it at the start. Yeah, I know. You're I making said fun I was, of their name. I don't know. So, it's a person. I thought it might have been no, like a... No, no. It's no, a company. It's the, it'd, be the, it'd be the company. Okay. Toei's licensing fee was unusually high for this kind of film, so smaller independent distributors could not afford it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. But the next one, the last one. After the Columbine High School shootings in 1999, no distributor in the US was willing to pick the film up due to the plot line involving high school students killing each other. I that's, that's probably what it is. Yeah, I, re- I reckon that's probably more on point. Yeah. I would never fully believe that this movie was just banned in the United States. I mean, America, I don't think they're banning this type of movie. 
Not anymore. No. Uh, the movie is banned, however, in South Korea TV due to the graphic violence scenes. Hmm. I mean, why else would it be banned? Yeah, that's that's odd. The movie was shot in different locations all over Japan. The one location that was actually a small island was Hachijo Kojima, an uninhabited island in the Izu chain hundreds of miles south of Tokyo. It is used in many scenes where the students are seen by the seashore, as well as a shot of the island at the end. Okie dokie. Uh, in the film, Kawada and Kiriyama are transfer students. However, in the novel, only Kawada was the transfer student. Kiriyama was part of the class and actually leader of a gang. Interesting little change there. I like that he was separate. Yeah. Imagine him with a gang. Come on. Which one was Kiri? Kiriyama was the crazy one. The bad one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He needs to be separate. Strangely, some shots that took place at night were actually shot during the day. During post-production, those scenes were tinted so as to give the impression that it was nighttime. An example is when Kiriyama attacks Kawara, Noriko, and Shuyu in the bungalow. Scenes from the bonus DVD in the extras department confirm this. There you go. Did you say that was weird? I think it's pretty strange, isn't it? Uh, I know they did it for some scenes in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, but that film's like 90% CG anyway. That's debatable. I mean, the background is. There's probably CG in every single shot of that film. Here's something that I forgot about, but did, like, we, we knew about this a while ago because I remember, actually, I'll, I'll say the, the trivia and then we'll, we'll confirm this. Director Kinji Fukusaku celebrated his 70th birthday during the film's production. He would pass away two years later during the production of the sequel, Battle Royale 2 Requiem in 2003, succumbing to prostate cancer. He had shot one scene for the follow-up with Takeshi Kitano when he died. The film was completed by his son, Kenta Fukusaku, who dedicated it to his father. Now, I remember this because a long time ago when we did our top five back-to-back directed films. Yes. The man who requested this film, Mr. Chris Beardsall, put this on his list. Oh, really? Kinji Fukusaku directed number one and number two. And we were like, ah, he made one scene. It doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I do agree. It doesn't count. But yeah, look at it. Did you actually just remember that? Yeah, when I read that. I knew I knew that there was something to do. There was a, a, a bit of a controversy we had with the second film. You know, a little bit of light controversy there. Anyway, budget of $4.5 million and worldwide grossed $30.6 million, which I think about $28.9 million of that was domestically. So not too much outside of Japan from there. Well, it is, uh, you know, in the top 10 grossing films in Japan. Yes. I also have a little bit of trivia here that it was the third highest grossing Japanese film from that year behind Spirited Away and Pokemon Forever. I mean, those are huge Japanese movies, aren't they? What the hell's Pokemon Forever? It's a Pokemon movie. Did we get it here? Probably not. Maybe we did. Sort of passed our time then at that the point, big, wasn't it? The biggest Pokemon movie was the, the Mewtwo one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that was the first one, I'm pretty sure. Was it? I think so. Yeah. That was probably called Pokemon the movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Makes sense. Hmm. No Oscar... Love for this film makes sense. International film. Yep. Uh, And the fact it was banned, quote unquote banned in America. Yeah. I mean, it'd be inappropriate showing, you know, like highlights of this at the American Oscars. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's see uh, the scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this an 88% saying Battle Royale is a controversial and violent parable of adolescence heightening teenage melodrama with life or death stakes. The Rotten Tomatoes audience slightly higher with an 89%. Metacritic give this an 81. Letterboxd give this a 3.8. And IMDb currently have this at 7.6. So 
pretty well received across the board then, Hendo. Definitely. But let's discuss what we think of this film. All right, Dean, what do you like about this film? Give us the goods. I mean, I think the best thing about this film is the concept, isn't it? It's pretty straightforward. It's easy to understand. It's so simple. Yep. And it, it allows for so much. You know, you've got, here's a group of students. I love that they all get, one of my favourite things is they all get one weapon of varying yeah. uses. I think that's that just makes it so much more interesting. Before I forget, yeah. uh, as this went on in the movie, we saw that one of them got uh, a paper fan. Yes. And later on, an umbrella was given as well. And I kept thinking the paper fan and the umbrella are used as weapons in Super Smash Brothers. And I was like, did that copy Battle Royale or did Battle Royale copy that? And I'm pretty sure that the first Super Smash was on the 64, which came out, I think it was 97. So I think Battle Royale took a little bit of a homage to Super Smash Brothers there. Well, it is Japanese, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, so it makes sense. I thought that might have popped up on your trivia. Hey, you want to do the trivia? No, I don't. You want to do the trivia, Hendo? Keep it I've up. I've done enough trivia. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the element of the randomness of the weapons, unless you're that guy who changed his bag, the good transfer student. Yeah, that, that really set him up to not be the good guy. Yeah, you think he's... I mean, I'll, I do like that as well, that you think he's a bad guy like the other guy, but turns out he's, he's not. That's good. Yeah. What do you like about it, Hendo? Yeah, I agree that the premise of it is is very straightforward, but it's like it's a good straightforward. It's not, it's not dumbed down for us. They give us a lot of explanation at the start. They set up the rules. It's very easy to follow. I mean, it goes without saying we are big fans of the TV show Survivor, and this is kind of along that same vein. So what? it's like... That's a stretch, isn't it? What? A group of people and one by one people are eliminated to a winner. I mean, it's all about killing though in this sender said to some degree it is the same premise yeah i think i think that's a that's a fair stretch it's not at all it makes perfect sense okay you know what else i like i like that it's really violent you know like what one of yes. the biggest complaints i have with hunger games is you got this story where the same plot basically they're all on this island to kill each other and there's literally maybe not literally i don't know it's been a while since i've seen it but there's no violence basically yeah but in this God, it's... Oh, there's like heads rolling around and shit. Yeah, not overkill, but how old do you think Shuya is in real life when he made this film? 17. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with yes. So, he was born in 82, so it was probably made when he was 17. Sorry, can I just give you one more piece of... Uh, I'll give you another question. Go for it. What does Battle Royale 2 Requiem get on IMDb, Hendo? Ooh, interesting. Why would you ask such a question? It's always like really low. Let's go 6.8. Over. Sorry, you're over. It's lower. It's lower than 6.8. Oh, okay. Well, then let's go 4.2. 4.6. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that bad, eh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's that's very bad. <laughs> I mean, what would be the follow-up story? Is it them on the run? Because, yeah, I would not want to watch that. No, it's absolutely not them on the run. It's... Three years later, right, and they've yeah. they've got a new class. They've sent them out to a new island, but I don't think the students are there to all kill each other. I think the students are all there to kill Shuya. What? Yeah. Three years after the failure of the last Battle Royale program, a second act is forged and a class of students are sent to an island with one objective, kill international terrorist Shuya <laughs> Nanahara. International terrorist. <laughs> wow. Oh, Beardsall, please don't pick that for us. <laughs> I don't know if you think this is a good or not, but I actually like the music in this film. Yeah, see, I like the good music in this film. I like the action scene music, the theme um, music to this. I think that, that fits the, the movie really, really well. But man, they keep going to these 
these scenes. And I and honestly, I don't mind the the teenage aspect to it with oh, you're so cute, I love you, all that sort of stuff. That's that I I think that's probably pretty realistic. But this slow like piano music, it's so against the grain. Like they can still have these scenes that are trying to pull on the old teen heartstrings a bit without doing the ultra corny slow piano backing to it. They do it all the time. Yeah, I didn't really like it when they were doing all that corny stuff. But I when they were doing it in the non corny stuff with the the piano playing while they're like you said, it's such against the grain when they're talking about killing people and that with this soothing classical music playing for them while you know they're reading the the who's dead today sort of stuff. I thought that was a good contrast. I actually like that. But when like you said, when they start doing the soothing music when they're doing their melodramatic bullshit, which will be a bad for me. I, I, it's, it's, it's not, whatever. Whatever? Eh. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I thought the bad foreign exchange student was awesome, even though he couldn't hit for shit with his unlimited ammo. He's better than awesome. He's easily the best character. I say character. Probably caricature is probably a, a better description of this guy. He, we really <laughs> learn nothing about his backstory, no, do we? No, I think for the all the rest of them, even like some of the really side-side characters, we get a couple little flashbacks of them. Like all the nerds, we get a nice big story of them playing basketball. Like even the, the, the two of them just before the secondary girl kills them. When you find out this story about how... You know, he's loved her this whole time. Then you cut oh, to that yeah. flashback of them yeah, of, playing basketball. Out of nowhere, I've always loved you, but you never spoke to me. <laughs> it's like, well, when you were pissing yourself laughing at the fact he missed a basketball shot, why would he think he's got any, like, shot at you at all? I mean, they were all laughing, Hendo. You can't just single her out. Well, he's in love with her. I'm sure he's going to go look at her and see her reaction. Yeah, I think it was interesting we didn't get a backstory. And it's good. Like, you know, why do we need a backstory yeah. for him? No, we don't need it. All, all we hear about him is he's the one player who's who requested to play. He just likes killing kids. Yeah, the ex-teacher, the guy who's running the show, was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I love that bit. One of the best bits is when he throws the knife in that opening classroom scene. It's like, oh, shit. Yep, he means business. Yeah, that's when you know that uh, shit is real in this one. Yeah. Great. I like that they do. We touched on it before, but they not just the backstories we get for so many characters, but I think the characters themselves are actually pretty well defined. I really like that girl. Oh god, I have no idea what her name is. But the the loser girl, the blue jean shorts girl. Yes. I th- I thought she was really interesting. Yeah, her backstory was very intense. Yeah, it was. Definitely was. Yeah. And that was the only one we got like of her when she was a child. Everyone else was just more stuff at school. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Went deeper with her. Yeah. Not too deep though, thankfully. Wow. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the negatives, Hendo. What do you got? I, I thought the ending was pretty shit. I mean, which one? I mean, are we talking about all these stupid requiems we got? Yeah, I, we're not too sure if this was part of the director's cut that we watched, but my God, like, the, was there three requiems? And the first two was literally the stuff that we'd seen in the yeah. flashbacks during the movie. I think so. Like, was there four? Was there one after we saw them speaking in the in the no. dream? I don't know. The random text that would come up where they're, like, asking questions. Was that, like, them talking to... I felt like that was them talking to God at one point. Talking to God? There was no mention of God. No, there was. I think there was, at the like, during the first one. It's like, what do I say to God when I see him or some shit? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. It wasn't even just for Shuya. They did it with different characters as well. Just yep. out of nowhere. Just let's break up the, you know, the flow of this scene with a just text. I, I don't get it. Is it like, yeah, I don't know. They just, they obviously are just emphasizing these bits as, hey, these bits are really important. But I don't think they needed yeah. to, you know, spoon feed the audience that much. I've never seen it in any other Japanese film I've seen either. It's not like, oh, this is what mm. they do in Japan. That was bizarre. Definitely. All the teen melodrama was a bit too much. 
I mean, there was a lot of it. I, I, I didn't mind it, though. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, what are they going to do? Just not talk about their feelings? These people have loved each other, unspoken, all of them pretty much, for so long. Like, now's the time to get it off their chest. Maybe it's like a cultural difference, but there was a lot of kids in this film. There were so many times where they were arguing about, oh, you love this person, you've had sex with this person, yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't know who they're talking about here. Like, I, I'm not too sure if they're talking about someone who's been killed very recently. And obviously, with all the de- the Japanese names, it, it, it gets very hard to follow who was who in this. And maybe that's the cultural difference there. And I didn't really understand who they were talking about throughout this. But when they were getting so deep into every single melodrama, but before they start killing each other, I'm like... I don't know how this is affecting each person. It got a little bit confusing. Let's just get to the people killing each other. Another bad for me was the teacher and his weird picture, drawing, painting with that Ooh, girl yeah. in the middle, surrounded by all the death. We'd, and, yeah. and that scene, that weird scene when he comes out and gives her the umbrella. Like, Oh, yeah. What was that? Why? Why? They don't say why he does this. So, we led to believe that that dream was real or was it a flashback? But it's called in the Requiem, it's called like such and such a dream. But was the basketball game a dream? Because that was Requiem 1. Was that referred to as a dream though? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but it was weird that he had this affliction for her and what she just dreamed about it like she knew it i don't know it's yeah that's yeah yeah, you're right that is weird yeah that was definitely uh, a kind of a question mark on this film i think the times where it sort of veers off track from the basic premise of the movie it goes very astray such as we just spoke about it oh okay sorry i thought you were like introing (laughs) something not concluding something (laughs) go on you got any other bads no i don't think so there's there's some weird stuff we spoke about no, I think I think we're good, Hendo. Awesome. Okay, well, overall for me, the goods definitely outweigh the bads of this film. It's very entertaining. The, actually, I didn't mention the pacing of this movie was actually very good up until probably the last 15 minutes of the movie. We didn't realize how quickly most of the movie had gone. We were like, oh, we're down to like 10 people. Oh my God, there's like half an hour left. This is gone very very quickly like the main characters like the main four five or six of them that you do follow along the way most of the time they're they're very good like i I can understand their relationships and their stories it definitely worked out well the action was very good violent you need to have this be a violent film like this is you know you look at the premise of the movie has to be a violent film for sure like i said with the bads melodrama gets over the top the ending is pretty bad but i'm going to give this a three and a half oh very nice i kind of agree with everything you've said i think the violence is great pacing's great the performances are like comically bad in a lot of places but i don't know if it's just because it's a japanese film but it's it's not exactly a negative it's more of a a uh, amusing sort of adage to this film i think it's very very easy to watch maybe disturbingly so but no i i had a lot of fun with it as well i'm going same as you hendo three and a half stars excellent good to hear and that is it for battle royale thank you once again mr beetzel your pick your choice that won our poll yes thank you Chris alright next week will be something we've got stuff coming up so we'll surprise you for next week wow. well, <laughs> well what do you want me to say like we don't know what's going to come up could be a patron request could be a top 250 film could be another Star Wars film it depends on what mood we're in yeah we'll see yeah until then thank you very much everyone for checking out this episode and we'll see you next time bye